This is Guy Gilchrist, Jim Henson's cartoonist, and you're listening to I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. Come on in, take a seat, grab a hold, and wrench it in tight because you are about to enjoy another Flynn Hendricks experience. And like I've said before, and it's the tagline for this show, you're about to get a real-life look at the way my mind works and insight into my life. And as I sit here, exhausted beyond belief, auditions finished, bags packed for a show tomorrow, letting this self-tanner set in, I know that's a nice visual, I'm pretty sure that's why you tuned into this, and hopefully if you haven't already, I'll encourage you to subscribe for more visuals like that. So if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, rate, share, review, all that fun stuff. Check the links for merch and how to support this show and keep connected with me. But anyway, guys, this episode today is based off of something I picked up in a Twitter space a few days ago uh, in the wrestling community. And it wasn't directed at me in general, but it stuck out to me because it was talking about that aha moment. And another veteran professional wrestler on the indies was talking about his aha moment. And it got me thinking about mine, which anytime it's been asked, anytime it's come up, I revert to this right off the bat. I don't have to think about it, and I've got this clear visual in my mind. Now, let me set the stage on this, because I I remember this day so vividly. I don't remember the exact date, but I do remember that it was a Saturday in early 2011, And unfortunately, it was the day right after I found out that my great uncle in Oklahoma had passed away. Rest in peace, Uncle David. But I just remember that... Let me set the picture a little bit more here because there's a lot that's going to make this make more sense. Up until that point, I was very robotic as a professional wrestler. Meaning, I wasn't comfortable in my skin. I was probably giving away what was going to happen next, and I was kind of just going through the motions because I wasn't comfortable with what I was doing. I was overthinking and not having fun. However, on top of that too, I was also still a very scared, very insecure kid. Granted, I was a grown man in college, not fully developed and mature as we all know because we all develop at different stages in our life. I drank to hide my insecurities, I yada yada yada. Um, didn't stick up for myself in the locker room like I should have, and this excuse, that excuse, victim of bullying, all that stuff. So this particular promoter that I was working with um, saw something in me before a lot of other people did, and depending on who you ask, this guy's reputation will be very controversial to say the least. Some people will either have glowing positive things to say about him, others will completely trash him and drag his name through the mud. Most of them haven't even met him. But he's a very acquired taste to a lot of people, and some of these people listening will know who I'm talking about right off the bat, but this man's name was Mike Promo. Now, Mike was a hard-ass. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. And he and I had been embroiled in a storyline for his promotion called Fusion Tradition Wrestling, or FTW for short, which, love that name. And... That promotion is where I ended up having some of the most fun times of my career. Whether it was losing a casket match and being put in the casket that was used to display death row inmates in McMinnville, Tennessee, which, God, that's a scary thought, but it happened. And then having that casket put in the back of an old pickup truck 
not secured down and driven to the parking lot across the street so that I could be let out and being told, hey, if this thing falls out, just tuck and run and get out of the road. Yeah, what the fuck was I doing? But anyway, that was all before this. However, I'm embroiled in this feud with with Mike, and the premise of the story was my tag partner at the time was a guy named Eric Hodge. We had lost the tag titles to Mike Promo, and at the time, it was a guy who was involved behind the scenes who was a giant of a man who's about 6'7", probably close to, if not over, 400 pounds, and his name was Tim, but we all called him Tree. So he was in the crowd as a plant. We had an angle where we were trying to cheat to win, and somehow we started bullying him in the crowd, um, knocked him out, and then two or three other wrestlers came and rolled him into the ring and rolled him on top of one of us to pin us, which, go figure. But that, oh, actually, I'm going to dovetail here for a second because this just shows you the genius of Mike Promo. Um, going back to how Eric and I won these tag titles, the it was two months before that, December of 2010, we were involved in a triple threat tag team title match with two other tag teams. I believe it was Bad Company Incorporated, and Perfection Unlimited. Now, in all honesty, it was two bad guy teams or two heel teams against one babyface team, which were the good guys. And throughout the entire thing, Promo had come up with this crazy idea that I'd never thought of, never heard of, and just said, hey, wait a minute. If you've got these two teams fighting on the outside, why could one team member from your team, meaning me and Eric, not pin the other and get the win? That was either a stroke of genius or just so outlandish that it was either guaranteed to fail or work. So we went with it. I laid down in the middle of the ring while they were fighting. I pulled Eric on top of me. One, two, three. We became the tag team champions. And somewhere in the middle of all that, the heat continued. We got involved in an angle with with Mike. And he was trying to find a tag partner. And so Tree gets pulled into the middle of all this. And somewhere in the middle of all this, too, I was also carrying a weapon around that was a fork wrapped in tape that supposedly talked to me and told me to hurt people and incite violence. It wasn't working. It wasn't getting over. I didn't care for the gimmick. So what I did was before one of these matches, I actually took the fork out to the ring, started yelling at it, and I threw it down. Now, little did I know that this fork ricocheted off of the ring canvas, sprung through the ropes, went four rows back, nearly hit a guy in the face, and punctured the tarp covering a window. Yeah. Again, what the fuck was I doing, and how does a fork ricochet like that? But anyway, I- I'm really getting off, t- off track here because while these things may sound interesting and they do have a part in leading up to this aha moment, the moment comes when we're in the back. And we're setting up a spot for Mike's new tag team partner, who is actually a quote-unquote licensed wrestler, which he was. His name was Josh Frost. Uh, But storyline-wise, Tree wasn't. Josh was. Josh was originally supposed to be Mike's partner. And Eric were going to get involved. The match was going to start out as a singles match with me and Mike. And something was going to set up Eric and Josh coming in to turn it into a tag match, and eventually Eric and I were going to win the match. However, 
during the course of the match, I don't know what it was. I don't remember, but I just remember being outside the ring and Mike was laying into me, getting his offense in, and suddenly I just, I cut him off. I started forearming him back. I started punching him and he was laying his stuff in on me in safe places. So I started laying back in on him and in the middle of all this, we're in front of the crowd and nobody catches it but me and him and I just see him smile. I throw him back in the ring, I grab a hold, and he said, I've been waiting on that motherfucker. So essentially, like I said before, he's seen something in me way back when that a lot of people didn't see or didn't care to see, didn't want to see, whatever it may be. And he just, it, he brought it out of me. And I don't know why, I don't know what it was, but he ended up, Changing the finish of the match because, hey, he's the booker. He's the owner. It's his company. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And he called an audible. We adapted on the fly, and we changed the finish. And in a sense, we were friends. I think we still are to this day. I haven't talked to him in a while. He hasn't talked to me. So I'll be honest. I don't know where we stand. But in that moment, he, if you want to say it, he quote-unquote made a man out of me. He brought the best out of me. He brought the intensity and the aggression. He taught me to stand up for myself and take what I needed in a match to make it make sense. And in doing so, he called for me to submit him in the ring, which that means I put a submission hold on him. And he has a, a reputation with these fans and with the boys in the back, too. Uh, even the girls in the back at that time that, he was a bad motherfucker, and this is a guy that you would not fuck with. He has fought people. He has... I'm just going to leave it at that. He has fought people. He has fucked people up, and if they've tried to fuck him up, he's come back for more. So he is legitimately not a guy that you would want to fuck with. So he calls for me to submit him. He taps out in the middle of the ring. The bell rings, and you could just hear silence. Like, the ring announcers didn't know that it was going to happen, the guys in the back didn't know it was going to happen, and here comes Eric. He comes running out, and he's he's trying to talk to me while we're raising our tag belts because my victory got us those tag titles back. And he goes, did I miss my spot? Like, did I fuck something up? And all I could say was, dude, I don't know. I just did what he called in the ring, and that's what happened. And when we got back through the through the curtains, and here comes Mike. I know I'm pulling the curtain back a little bit. But he just gives me the biggest hug and smiles and just yells it in front of the entire locker room. I've been waiting on that to come out of you for a long time, motherfucker. Congratulations. You earned your man card. And he shook my hand. And from that moment on, you know, a lot of things just started clicking and falling into place. And it just gave me that confidence in myself. And I've never forgotten that moment. I've had to be reminded of so many other things in my wrestling career and so many other things I've done, but that moment, I remember where I was sitting on the ring apron against the ropes while he was laying his shots in, and where the instinct kicked in and I fought back. I remember that to a T, and that's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life, and here we are 12 years later now as this is airing, and I still remember that moment clear as day. Well... That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Flynn Hendricks Experience. So I hope you're enjoying what I'm doing here. I know right now I'm going a little wrestling heavy as things are picking back up there. But I've got other topics that we're going to cover. So if you like what I'm doing or you like the regular Friday episodes with the interviews or even the Tales from the Haunt stuff that we're winding down on right now uh, as we're restructuring, then 
just subscribe, guys. Subscribe. Hit that like button. Rate, share, review. Give those five-star reviews if you think I've earned it. You know, just keep spreading the word. Keep helping us grow this. And let's just keep getting out there. And I'll keep giving you guys some audio content to help you escape from your day for a little bit. So in the meantime, guys, this has been the Flynn Hendricks Experience. I'll be back with you on Friday with another awesome guest. And I know you hear me. I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.